Okay, welcome to episode number 25 of the Dan Time Podcast. I am your host, Dan McArdle. It's wonderful to have you here for the first time, for the second time, or for the 25th time. Thanks for listening to the show. DanTimePod at gmail.com is how you can reach me. You can also follow me on X, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search at DanTimePod. Be sure to download and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New guests appear every Sunday here in the U.S. and every so often, a bonus episode. So stay tuned. You never know when the next one of those is coming your way. All right. It has been a fun couple weeks. I think we have scratched the itch for fellow baseball fans talking about historic Rick Woodfield, talking about umpiring, and talking probably a good bit of nonsense. But I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. Listen, I really enjoy, as you can see, shining the light on musicians, singer-songwriters from around the country and around the world. This is of special interest and importance to me. Please follow my previous guests. Check out the old episodes if you've missed any. Here's some news on some of the prior guests and what they're doing right now. Dan Harrison, Nashville-based singer-songwriter, just released his stirring new single, Alameda. Find Dan on Instagram and other channels, Dan Harrison Music. Danielle Moralia, Boston-based blues artist, performing March 24th at the Mass Art Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts. If you're in the area, be sure, do yourself a favor, go see Danielle perform. Dan Brody. You guys know how I feel about Dan Brody. If you heard the episode a few weeks back, February 4th at Shot Kickers, Melbourne, Australia, the album launch party for what I consider to be one of the best LPs of 2023, The Ballad of Cowboy Dan. Get a copy of this record however you can, as soon as you can. And if you're in Melbourne, do not pass it by to see Dan. Finally, Dan Thomas, out on the road, a number of UK dates beginning February 2nd. He's in Dundalk, Ireland, February 4th. Don't miss the chance to see Dan. He is at Dan Thomas Solo. Is It Enough Yet is the upcoming single and video. Love some Dan Thomas. Okay, so I think you get it by now. Dan Time is a run through the Daniverse most of the time. And these are conversations with Dan's, Danielle's, Danny's, etc., who are making their mark in a big way. And if they appear on this show, it's because I believe that you should hear about them and their stories. But remember, some guests are outside of the Daniverse, and this will apply in another week or two. All right, with that being said, I am just delighted. We say excited enough. How about delighted to introduce to you this week's guest, Italian-bred, California-based singer-songwriter Daniela Galasso. Daniela described her sound to buzz music as a cross between indie pop and folktronica, like Lennon Stella meets Ellie Goulding and Maggie Rogers. Now, I think Daniela's music is going to resonate with you whether you're 16, 22, or 62. Her vocals have been described as smooth and vintage as well as delicate and airy. 
Daniela's single, Yesterday's Story, took home second place in the pop category at the 2022 Indie International Song Competition. The song Sway was a semifinalist in the 2022 International Songwriting Competition for Adult Album Alternative. You're going to be swept away by Daniela's rendition of Don't You Forget About Me, the iconic song from the Breakfast Club soundtrack recorded by Simple Minds. Follow Danny on the socials. She's at Sounds Like Danny and Sounds Like Danny, D A N I dot com. Her new single, Wait, really showcases Daniela's ability to invite her listener to come closer, to not only hear the message, but to feel it and very easily embrace it. Wait is very light, airy, and soothing. It opens with Daniela's calming vocals over a strumming guitar. The song puts a whole new spin on unconditional love, maybe one that you've never before heard expressed this way. The opening lyric speaks to just how dedicated someone can be to another person. Remember, you can find this song and her other singles wherever you download music by searching Daniela Galasso. So with that being said, how about we take a listen to a clip of the new single, Wait, and then get to the conversation. Folks, it is Daniela Galasso time. so excited about today's guest, a lifelong musician. She's out of the San Francisco Bay Area, categorized as an indie pop singer-songwriter, but she incorporates different styles into her music. Some songs are are more dreamy, some are a little more up-tempo. But one thing, Daniela, I want to say from the start, why I wanted to have you as a guest on the show today, in our current culture and the busyness of everyday life, a lot of the noise out there. I feel like your music really slows things down a little bit, allows people to take a breath and take a moment, maybe embrace some feelings that are kind of hard to embrace, but you carry them there and and let them go to that place. And uh, then you have some other songs that you just want to roll the windows down and enjoy a beautiful day. So, that was really captivating, and I thought, I've got to try to invite her to be on the show. So thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing today, Daniela? I'm doing great. Thanks for saying all that. That was really sweet of you. 
Hi everyone, I'm Daniela, Danny for short. And yeah, it's it's nice to hear that my music is resonating in that way for you. Yeah, my favorite thing about this project is it brings me out of my own bubble. And, you know, I might not ordinarily listen to an artist like Daniela Galasso. I've always been open-minded and I'm interested in, mu in musicians, storytellers, songwriters, and a couple of your songs we'll get to here in a minute that really grabbed my attention. And so I'm just so excited to dive into your story today. I understand at a very young age, five years old, on a toy piano was kind of your first introduction to, to music and realizing that you had an interest in music. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have some early memories of being a little kid and just kind of like figuring out the melody to songs. And I honestly thought that was normal. Like everyone did that. It kind of, I just had a natural ear to pick out a melody. And so I did that a lot as a kid and then uh, was fortunate enough to have a piano around growing up and then kind of took from there, ended up playing the violin and getting more exposure to the guitar and other instruments and singing in choir. So it's been quite a journey from when I was little all the way up to now, which is great because I feel like I've been living and breathing music for quite some time. And that's definitely like helped me as a musician having that foundation so young. In terms of like my songwriting, I mean, that kind of happened organically because I think naturally I was just listening to a lot of singer songwriters growing up, especially female artists. And so at some point, you know, I was just like singing along to their songs and then kind of inspired me to start writing my own songs. Yeah, I was reading that as an adult or when you're in school, you realized I can probably do this as well. You know, you've got the artists that inspire you. You reference Lennon, Stella, Taylor Swift, Lauren Mayberry, or some. Or your sound is similar to them, but um, some of your influences, Swift, Ellie Goulding, um, Maggie Rogers. Do you remember, was it one day, uh, one season where you thought, I'm going to make a push here. I'm going to get these. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've had notebooks of lyrics. And how did that transformation happen where you thought, I'm going to market myself. I want to do this. I can do this. That's a really good question. I would say before I answer that, it has been a slow burn because of what I was saying about basically being a musician my whole life. And I definitely took a stab at writing songs, I guess, at a young adult age. So I had been writing and it was mostly like cathartic and just kind of like me getting my feelings out and trying to like piece together a song. And I had other friends that were songwriters too, that kind of inspired me. But after doing that and doing the whole open mic thing in my area and kind of doing it as I would say a hobby, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it just wasn't as serious at the time uh, and building my musicianship along the way. I actually took like a really big break from music and was just focusing on my nine to five career. And then I, I legitimately was just like, maybe this is not like the thing I need to do. And I just need to work and focus on that. And then 
kind of just like came back around to it. And I was realizing like, I really miss doing this and having this part of my life. And right around then, I was also just a lot more pragmatic about what do I really want to do and what is it about this that I like. And I kind of came back to the songwriting aspect of it and got a rude awakening, realizing that I really needed to improve my songwriting craft because I brought a song to a mentor at a music conference and she gave me nudges um, on how I could improve the song. And just being at that conference for the weekend, I kind of realized, okay, like I really need to put more work and care into this. I can't just do it just kind of casually um, if I want to see this take off in any big way. And so I think I kind of made that decision and started to take myself more seriously, which involved honestly an investment in in my songwriting craft and like getting more one-on-one um, work with mentors that were professionals. And I think then another thing that happened that really really kind of catapulted it too is the pandemic. I lost my job in the beginning of 2020. And so I was kind of in that group of people who lost their jobs and were trying to, you know, get new jobs, but no one was hiring for that beginning of 2020. And so during that time, I I was applying to jobs. I just wasn't hearing back. And then I was like, well, I might as well spend this time to get better at songwriting. And so I got deeper into just improving my skills and doing a variety of things, joining groups and doing some online retreats and things like that. And eventually, like I was seeing my writing get much better and actually a pretty quick amount of time. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. I actually have like the brain space to work on this now. And so it actually made me realize like, I can't not do this anymore. And so I made a decision to basically make more time, like make more creative time for my songwriting and musicianship craft. And then eventually I did, I did get rehired back from my job, which I was super grateful for, but I was able to have flexibility and not go back full time. And so that's kind of what I've been doing since, which has been great because I needed the time to nurture my skill set and actually develop as a writer you know that's um it's interesting that you tell that story i've heard similar stories about the pandemic and nobody wants to go back to that time period but it was very transformational for some people yeah totally and for me i can be a social butterfly which i still am but i've almost like trained myself not to be because i actually need the time to create, it's very time intensive. People that don't do this kind of creative craft don't realize how much time actually goes into it. But I appreciated having the time to focus during the pandemic where I might've otherwise just kind of like filled my calendar with fun things to do with friends and family. <laughs> um, so it was, it was kind of for me to almost hibernate a bit and actually force myself into the discipline of creating. Daniela, I just want to mention, I want to mention what Buzz Music had to say about you as a songwriter. Danny's a storyteller at heart, using her significant musical prowess to paint vivid pictures and stories of relationships and love. 
personal struggles, and even ordinary life, making her easy to relate to on the listener's part. I think that's what I may have said it in the beginning, but your music and your stories in the songs are very relatable, where it could bring in somebody that's not already plugged into that genre if they just happen to listen to it because somebody else is playing it or with my situation here, they can find something to hang on to. I want to jump here before we get too deep into the episode, your brand new single, Wait. This is a really powerful song. To me, I kind of wrote some notes down here about devotion, and maybe that word's not strong enough because it's a an, almost an everlasting type of devotion. We can talk about the song, the music, the arrangements, and the lyrics, and we're going to preview this track for those of you listening. I can't wait for you to hear it, and make sure that you download on your favorite music platform, wherever you stream new music, this single, and the rest of Daniela Galasso's catalog. But let's talk about the new single, Wait, and how that came together. Yeah, I'd love to. This is a a really special song for me and my co-writer. So I ended up meeting someone in one of my music programs, and we wrote a song together remotely during the pandemic. And it started with just like a little guitar riff that he sent over to me. And and I kind of just organically felt like the word wait was needed, <laughs> needed to be in the song. And so I came up with some of the lyrics in the beginning of the song. And it's really just centered around the idea of you were saying devotional, but I, I've been explaining it as like unconditional love and being there for people during hard times. And it, the context that we kind of had in mind when we were writing it was just this idea of when you see your loved ones going through something, whether it's a personal struggle or a mental illness or just a hard time in general, and kind of being there as a pillar for them and that constant reassurance. And just like having the patience that you need to have in that that sort of situation. And so, yeah, we really liked that idea. And the song came together, rewriting. And, you know, all every song was rewritten. Don't let anyone tell you that they're not. <laughs> but no, it, it did come together pretty organically. And we both really liked it. And then I was able to engage a, a friend of mine who plays piano. And he played this really beautiful kind of drone chords to it. And then I brought the song to another producer that I've worked with in the past and he built the arrangement around that. And I love what he did. I couldn't have imagined it turning out like it actually turned out. (laughs) I was really, really pleased at the end of it. I like how your songs, when you go from the first verse to the second, the chorus, you introduce new arrangements that that maybe weren't there. I love on some of the songs that we'll get into, like the cover of Don't You Forget About Me, when the drums come in and you're not even expecting them about the two and a half minute mark. Um, Mm -hmm. In this song, I think that the drums are introduced after the first, uh, maybe after the first verse. Oh, yeah. It's just a really really nice (laughs) touch. It's funny that you notice that because I do like doing that. I can't fully take credit for that because I do work with producers often and and they have great ideas. 
but yeah, it's I've I've done it on quite a few songs, and sometimes I'm telling the producer to do that because I just think it's so fun and it brings a lot of energy to the song when you get to the second verse. I think it's really great in this day and age when people are focusing on seven different things at once, and they've maybe they're playing weight, they're listening to it, they're liking it, but they're they're cooking dinner, they're doing something. I, I love the touch of something like that where it almost I feel like it would stop somebody in their tracks and think, oh, I need to push these two or three or four things aside. I still got to, you know, stir the noodles here. But wow, what's going on with this song? Um, but and, and I really like the lyrics. It's it's very different situations, might even be different people. Some of the lines like I'll pave the way for you. I'll hold your hand, look both ways. Like you said, it's, um, we seem, uh, you know, as a society, very, um, <laughs> in a lot of cases, very into ourselves, very uh, self-centered, and the focus is not so much on projecting that love to someone very important to you. And this is just really put on display in this song. Yeah, totally. And I think that's why I really like this song, too, because I definitely write a lot of songs that are about me and how I feel. But this one is obviously so much about the other person. So it's like even refreshing to me to to be able to sing like such a caring song like that, because it's like, you know, I, I hear enough about myself. <laughs> I don't need to hear more about myself. <laughs> well, I love the songs that are introspective. And what we'll talk about here in a minute, some of the uh, relationship songs, those are wonderful as well. This one, actually, I played it for my six-year-old son a little earlier today, and he loved it. He loved it right oh. from the start. I, I actually encouraged him to listen to some of the parts, I think, towards the end there. This might be the, I don't know if this is the bridge or the, the post-chorus, and we'll make it to the other side. But then there's some yeah. la some layered vocals in the background yeah, yeah, we added some vocalizations in there, too. I love doing that in my music as well, just adding vocal layers as if they're another instrument. Also, how do you um, how do you select the artwork for these singles? Are you looking at two or three or four different possibilities, and then you say, that's it? Do you have someone that you're collaborating with? Um, so historically, I've been making my own artwork for the singles, and... I've kind of just like, I use this program called Canva, which is user-friendly if you're not a professional designer. And I just kind of go on instinct. Like, so for weight, I'm sure you looked at the artwork already since you're asking, but right. I, I don't remember what I actually searched, but like what I'll often do is I'll search something in Canva. Well, they'll, have, they'll feed me like images or artwork or something. And I think when I was writing weight, I just really had this idea of it being outside, like the, the scene of the song, just it felt like an outdoor song. So I think I probably searched tree or something along the lines. And then this really beautiful image of this tree came up and I was like, wow, this looks cool. And sometimes I actually just like make a quick artwork as a temporary artwork. And then later I'll go make redo it, like redo something else. But this one, I actually didn't redo. So I came back to it and I just, I liked it. I thought it was cool, even though it was like, I probably put it together super fast as like a temporary one. And then um, 
my partner is like he's like the person who I go to to be like oh hey do you like should I really release it like this like he he kind of is my <laughs> he's like my second check on things and so I asked him about it and he's like yeah it's cool it's cool that it's a tree and then we had this whole discussion about how trees like the tree kind of is a symbol for this idea of waiting and like you can wait so long for someone and be there for so long for them it was it kind of became even more symbolic um it's this idea of like trees losing their leaves through the seasons but like still being there and so we both agreed that like it was appropriate to keep the the tree in the artwork for this one <laughs> i love it and i love the glow over the tree kind of a um an amber orange mm -hmm. glow maybe symbolizing the sun coming up yeah totally and that's actually probably what i looked i probably said something like tree and sun when i was trying to find this image and then the perfect one just landed in my lap i really love this song folks please check it out um again i'll wait for you I'll be here for you. You know, it's just this message. A lot of people still feel alone out there, even though they're trying their best and they're thinking, speaking about the pandemic, um, it's been three, four years. I can't talk about this anymore because everybody else seems to be uh, at a regular pace. They seem to be over it. I'm not. You know, people have these feelings of being alone. I think it's a, a very comforting song, even for someone who doesn't necessarily have somebody in their life at this moment who would say something like that. But I just think you did a great job on this track and really excited about it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Now, it wouldn't have happened with my, my co-writer, Dennis Martin. <laughs> and uh, one other thing, and I probably will say this about some other songs, on your vocal tracks, this one in particular, you do a, a really good job of not trying to do too much. You, you've got a, a certain tone it's been described, or some of your songs have been described as water-like, I guess, airy. And on this one, you keep the delicacy in the in the song, and it doesn't need anymore. It doesn't it doesn't need to go in several different places. So I really enjoyed that part as well. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm definitely, you know, ever growing, I guess, and strengthening my voice as the days go on. But it's so weird with singing because sometimes it's like when you try too hard, it actually sounds worse. And I remember when I was trying to, because every time I record vocals for a song, you know, I kind of plan it out and I experiment and play around with how I'm going to sing it. And I try to do that preparation before the day I actually record. And I remember I was, I was trying to sing it with more oomph and it, like, it wasn't even sounding good. Like it was just like, I don't know. you. It's it, it's a very there's definitely an art to to singing and I find that sometimes when I just like don't think about singing and just sing without over orchestrating it like that's when it sounds the best <laughs> and I think that's what I ended up doing this recording. I could certainly see that. Now, I understand that you're working on some new material. Maybe it's completed or nearly there. Um, the last time we were or we were speaking, getting ready for the podcast. Uh, you were targeting the spring of 2024 to release some new songs. Yeah, that's right. So that's still the goal. I need to put pen to paper and actually make some decisions in the next few weeks. But I basically have released 
a good handful of singles and what's coming up is the first album, which does contain some of the singles that are already out um, in addition to some new songs that aren't out yet. So I'm getting really excited about that. I, I'm one song away from it being completed and the song is done. It's just, I need to finish the production and, and record the final vocals and it's the last song for the project. And I've been sitting on this for a while trying to, I didn't really like plan this album out super methodically. It kind of, I just wrote a lot of songs and started to pick the ones that like felt like they went together, which to an extent is what everyone does. But since this is my first album, I kind of, I wasn't really planning everything. I just started re releasing things then I kind of realized like, okay, I need to release an album, like a few singles in. <laughs> and so, but then I was very indecisive about like what the last songs were going to be. And so it's been a journey um, trying to kind of piece it together, but I'm really excited about it. And it, all the songs kind of have this underlying theme of beauty and vulnerability, which I'm sure you've probably picked up from what you've already heard. Right. Um, and they're all like personal to me and things that have kind of led me to where I am in the past couple of years. So it's going to be cool to have like a cumulative project for that. And then also I'm like excited for my next project already, just cause like I've also been writing for what's coming next and it's going to have a different flavor. So I'm looking forward to kind of putting a bookend to this and actually celebrating it and then making some space for a little bit of a, a newer sound i guess you could say well one of the songs that i'm sure will be on the ep yesterday's story and this song along with embers well you won second place in the pop category at the indie international song competition 2022 for yesterday's story this is a very deep song if you listen to it the first time spin it three or four five six seven times and you might have a different understanding i did i Honestly, I think this might be my favorite song that you've recorded that I've heard. Oh, really? Yeah. I I feel like with yesterday's story, you capture something that everybody of a certain age, um, even if you're 16 or 17, you've probably experienced some of this, but certainly at uh, at my at my advanced age, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's describing two people trying to find closure. You've got probably one party that is still throwing some darts, trying to get the other's attention, say, let's give this another chance. And I feel like you're expressing that we can keep going back to yesterday's story, but it's never going to be today's story. It's never going to be tomorrow's story. The most beautiful part here, and this might be the bridge, is the line, believe me, I didn't want the ending, you know, because nobody in a relationship wants the way that it, that it ended. Usually. Yeah, totally. But we, we can't be stirring up old feelings when they are yesterday's story. And you're just basically saying this, that we're clearly, we've got a chapter here and we just can't go back to it. Yeah, totally. Um, I like how you really like listened to it several times and saw the the evolution there. Right. Um, but yeah, this, this is a, this is definitely one of those like, We've all been there songs. It was also the first single I released as part of this project. And I I kind of was like, man, I'm really starting off 
with this like bummer of a song. <laughs> it's kind of a sad <laughs> it's kind of a sad song. But at the same time, I was like, it needs to be said. Cause I think like even though it's a sad song, like I feel like it's kind of an empowering song in a way. Cause if you really like listen to it, it's like the speaker is admitting that this sucks, but they're also making the decision to like leave it alone. Right. Which for me, like considering it is on the sadder side, was kind of like really the message I want wanted to put out there. And yeah, I'm super proud of it. I was very, very excited when I got that award. And I think just because of what we talked about before, which I was talking about all the, the work I was putting into my songwriting craft. So it was very just like getting the award after having put that work in was very satisfying and surprising. And it was a nice, it was a nice boost for me. I think that yesterday's story really shows off your vocal range as well. You know, the opening, like you said, it, it starts out kind of dreary. And then as we go to the first verse, you know, we had the wires crossed. And please, folks, don't compare my speaking voice to how Daniela sings this. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it very verbatim. And we got it wrong. And the promises, they were pretend. But as you kind of weave through the song, you get to some tender places. It really starts to escalate. But no matter what I do, you find a way to bring me bring me to our familiar place. There's usually a partner that can do that. You can break mm -hmm. me with hello. Everyone knows, you know, a, a partner that as long as you just don't run into them again and they don't call and you just go on your way, go to work, go to school, you're going to be fine. But when you see them or when you hear their voice, it just... You know, it's a weak spot. But yeah, but once you reach the chorus, I just, I like where you kind of show off your vocal range there. And you can just tell a lot of work went into this particular song. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny because I actually recorded this song a while ago now. And when I did, I was not, like, I've become a better vocalist since I recorded it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> when I when I recorded it, not only was it like, a triumph to just like get it get it down but the trials and tribulations of recording it were a, the long haul and i actually fun fact i recorded the whole thing on a new microphone at one point and then i decided i didn't like it because <laughs> the microphone i bought was kind of this like warm like it's beautiful microphone but it just didn't it didn't capture my voice in the same like vulnerable way and so after going through like the laborious recording of it all and I was producing myself and then I was like you know what and I had some people tell me they were like oh we like the demo vocal better the way that the microphone is and so I went back and redid it <laughs> I was like I can't believe so by the time I was like done with the song I was like this song is yesterday's story like I need to move on to song. <laughs> well the way that you sing it you again speaking to vulnerability you express that I feel like by the end of the song you've gain control, gain control of your thoughts and your purpose. And uh, it's really, that's, that part is beautifully done where you, you show how someone can just about fall apart, just about give in to those feelings and then just say, no, wait a second, I'm here, that was there. And yeah, folks, again, add this one 
as a single, and you'll see it on the new EP. Again, my favorite my favorite track out of your catalog, if I had to pick one, and there's not a lot of daylight between my favorite and a least favorite, which there's not really a least favorite, <laughs> but... Um, and then I like comparing these. We, we had an outline here. Um, yesterday's story, and then the next song I had to mention was Sway, and these are kind of polar opposites just about, but it's still Daniela Galasso. You could tell... You know, you're you're getting the same product here. This is a, a real foot tapping song, some great guitar work. Um, that's my producer and he did a fabulous job. So I gave him a demo of this and he just like blew it out of the water and just kind of redid the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did an incredible job and it was a fun thing to work on with him too, because he pushed me vocally and he was like, Oh, let's add more harmonies and more harmonies and more harmonies. And, and so we added like a lot of vocal stacks and the pre-chorus, sorry, the post-chorus and it just became very angelic, but you totally hit it on the nose. Like it's a polar opposite of yesterday's story. And I kind of like that. I like the, the contrast of it. And I like, I've intentionally included both of these on the album because there's a bit of a an innocence to this one, and then there's a bit of a growing up on the Yesterday's Story track, and I like having that kind of duality together. Yeah, this track, um, I would say if anybody listening to this podcast episode and you've always got it locked to one genre, let's just say that you always listen to pop country music. And maybe some variation, but that's kind of, that's your bread and butter. Play this track. It's, I'm not saying that it's a country song, but I'm saying that the emotion that you, that you may get out of some of the uh, biggest hits right now, you're going to find it here, especially when the chorus kicks in, I think at about 20 or 30 seconds, it hits you right away and you realize, okay, this is, um, I'm either ready to be off work or I'm ready to start the weekend I love it. This is this is a repeat song. <laughs> I don't want to sound cheesy here, but like it says in the chorus, you know, we'll sway to the beat of our favorite song. We'll hit repeat as we're dancing on. It sounds like you had fun recording this song. I'm sure I'm sure with any of these tracks when you're in the studio, it's a lot of work and the end result sounds great, but it maybe wasn't a blast every step of the way doing it. But this just sounds like such a fun track to piece piece together yeah this one yeah the energy was definitely high with this one it was it was a really fun one to record and then again sway i had it down here that you won an award for this track yeah this one was isc so international songwriting competition and they're massive so sway was chosen to be a semi-finalist which is still like a pretty like awesome recognition and then I got cut out after that because other songs like rose to the top but it was still very exciting when I made it that far and here's a question do you feel like with having an award-winning song or having a hundred thousand streams does networking have a lot to do with it because I hear songs some of the guests that I've had on this podcast I'm thinking this is just as good, if not better, than some of the top performers. Is it, I don't, it's so cliche to say it's who you know, but 
Um, how much of that do you think goes into it to just pushing a song um, up the charts? I think saying it's who you know is a little bit too simple because it's not just who you know, especially like in general. I mean, the digital streaming world and just marketing music in general is very complicated. And it, it's not just the streaming, like how do you get on playlists and blah, blah, blah. It's also like, are you playing live shows and, and utilizing social media to like get your music out? There's so many different variables that come into play when it comes to like putting your music out there. So I feel like it's too simple to say it's just who you know. And I think that there's like tons of incredible songs that don't get the airplay that they should get. But also there's tons of incredible indie artists that don't know how to market their music. And I'm not going to pretend like I have it all figured out, but it's, they're honestly two different things. It's like the craft of something is one thing and then being able to find the audience for it and market it and create some momentum is a completely different thing. Yeah. Probably the, the average music fan doesn't realize, like you said, how much work you've got to put into this. And if you have a full-time job, this is your nights and weekends. In a lot of cases, you've got your music, but you've also got your image. You've got all your socials. You've got events that you need to get to probably performing live. I could see some people that have a lot of talent that just after a year of giving it their all say, I'm <laughs> just, I'm done with this or I'm not done, but it sounds like it could maybe discourage some folks who don't have a five-year dedication to it. I don't know how many years you put out there and as a goal. Yeah, but. I definitely think that if you don't have a really strong passion and we'll say even interest in, in doing something like this, it's hard to hang on because you like the actual work required. It's just like everyone says, it's like, it's all about the journey. And like, when I decided to take this seriously, I was like, am I going to enjoy songwriting by myself in a room? Cause if I can't enjoy that, then, or even practicing vocals or anything like related to what I have to do to prepare. Like, if I'm not going to like that part, then this isn't going to work. So yeah, that that's super important. And then, I mean, it costs money too, like production and lessons and marketing and photo shoots and all this stuff like it's not like it's free so there's a really really big investment that comes in the upfront and you don't necessarily make money right away or if you do you're not necessarily making back what you invested so I feel like you have to really be in it for like the right reasons and there's a lot of people that have to have another job, including myself, to fund doing it. I would love to get to a point where I'm making more money than I'm investing into it. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but it's, yeah, if you, if you don't have that passion, it's, it's hard to hang on because there's so many people that do have that passion, I think. How is it when, you know, you're still working hard, like we've just described here, and the days are long, but you get feedback from someone that says, this song has really inspired me, or this song reminded me of of something that uh, brought me a smile, Like, where that just kind of makes you 
lean back and say, hey, that part of what I do is fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because, you know, sometimes people think these things, but they don't say them. So when someone actually takes the time to say something like that to me, I'm like, wow, not only did you say that to me, but you were actually really listening. And so it's super meaningful to me. I had a show over the past weekend and I had some family and friends come, which is amazing. And then there were some strangers. It was at a winery right by me and some strangers stayed back and wanted to have pictures with me, which has never happened to me before. And they were talking to me and and one person said, really basically just thanked me for doing what I, what I do and creating art. And it was awesome because I didn't know these people and like they, they stayed for the whole show and they were really like watching me and looking up and things like that. And I could tell they were, they really resonated with the songs. So it's super cool when that happens because I mean, I kind of have a mentality of set it and forget it. Like I try to pull a lot of care into what I do and then release things and like hope that people like listening to it. But I don't like, I try not to like overthink what people actually, how they're resonating with things. So when they kind of come back to me and say something, I'm like, Oh wow. Like they're listening. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like a surprise to me. Cause I, I don't want to like, you know, prescribe how people are going to react to things. They kind of just like want to see what happens. That's good that you're also, like you said, you're probably not writing material and thinking, oh man, I hope they like it. I hope this goes over well. You're not obsessing so much. You're just, this is your art. This is your craft and you're putting it out there. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like a fine balance too, because when I am writing, I do think about how is a listener going to like think about this song. So, because if I didn't want to entertain someone else, then I wouldn't release the song. Like I would just write it for myself. But I think because I did a good amount of that for several years for myself, I kind of crossed the chasm and I was like, well, I might as well make this interesting for someone else. And I think that that's actually what makes you a better songwriter is when you can tap into that. And so it's kind of like a little game that I play with myself when I'm writing. I'm like, oh, I could do this or I could do this. And I change a lyric or I change a melody. And then I kind of imagine, I'm like, is this kind of delighting me? Because if it's delighting me, it's probably going to delight someone else. So I do keep that idea front and center when I'm writing. But once I'm done with the song, then I'm not overanalyzing it. Then it's just done because you have to, like at some point you just have to draw that line and you can't sit there and like feel bad about what you wrote three months ago. Like you just have to like say that's what happened then and it's out and that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Will you, do you go back uh, and listen to some of your recorded music? Probably not just for pleasure. Like, Oh, I, let me put on this track. I've been writing it and recording it for months and years and let me hear it again. But do you ever go back and listen to something like Ember's or or the new the new single wait or are you do you have the mindset of like you said once it's released and it's out there i'm promoting it and i hope everyone loves it but i'm i'm still creating and i'm in kind of in this area now um i would say like when when a song comes out i definitely listen to it like the day it comes out and then also like people i know are listening to it so i kind of hear it secondhand and then I'm also still singing my songs because like from performing and practicing them and stuff. So in that sense, I'm kind of, they're always in my brain, 
but I wouldn't say like I go out of my way to listen to them, but I, in the like case of my album that I'm putting together, I'm still kind of going back to listen to them because I was figuring out like the order of the songs. And so I'm like, wait, does this go good into the next song? So I think like when I'm going back to listen, it's more of just because there's a reason behind it for whatever reason. I don't necessarily like put myself on and listen to myself during the day though. <laughs> right. I do. I've always been fascinated with how artists come up with a track listing and decide, okay, this is going to be number two. This would be number four. I asked a previous guest that he said, Oh, I used to do that myself. And now I have people that help me with that. And it's, it's a, it's a big deal that I don't have to sweat. Um, yeah, it's really stressful actually. And like, I've had to do a similar thing where I had to get a second opinion because you just drive yourself crazy trying to figure out the right, <laughs> the right order and the right songs. And it's hard when you're not really, I mean, cause I'm, I'm biased as to what I'm hearing in my own songs at this point. So having that second opinion is just so helpful. Now I mentioned Embers, this track, You've got the radio edit and an acoustic version. Let's talk about Embers. How how did that song come together? This song came together also during the pandemic. It was very much a product of being like stuck indoors in that long winter. And I wrote it from a songwriting challenge where I had, I think, a bank of 10 words that we were supposed to use in a song. And I used all 10 words. <laughs> so I think like... I don't remember even what the words are. It's been so long, but I just remember I was like, can I make this work? And then it did work. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And I liked this idea of it feeling very woodsy and like campfire sort of thing. And then um, I ended up going on a trip with some friends to Tahoe here in California, which like we stayed in a cabin, played it for them and for the first time in that setting. And they, they really liked it. And then... I eventually it was a song that rose to the top so I got it produced but when I got it produced I kind of always knew I wanted an acoustic version because just like the way that the song is and like this memory of being with my friends at the cabin so I decided to just produce both and actually I produced the acoustic version myself which I was super proud of so it's the first um, release that I've produced entirely on my own Whereas a lot of my other songs, like I've produced a demo and then worked with producers and then they like elevate it and really kind of catapult into the stratosphere. But this one was, was all me. Well, the end result is great. I like how you reach that, that higher end of your vocal range, the chorus, I'm going to keep you warm, but it, it chills me to the bone how I can't see myself without you. Going back to something like yesterday's story, I think this is very relatable whether your your current love or a past love, you may have had that feeling before where you just realize, wow, I, I'm in deep, I'm thrilled about it, but I'm a little scared. Um, yeah, this is totally. exciting, <laughs> but yeah, I just love that. Chills me to the bone. I can't see myself without you. Yeah, and then, and like you said, there's two different versions. Speaking of production, I, I want to put a plug kind of mid-episode here, and I'll prob I'll mention it as well in the show notes, but everybody listening, if you go to soundslikedanny.com, the work with me tab, you do production work, songwriting for other artists, vocals, if someone's looking for a 
vocalist or vocal producer, you do a lot more than just write your own material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a little home studio that I'm sitting in right now in a setup. So it's actually where I record most of my vocals. And over the years, I've picked up production skills as well and try to do as much as I can at home within reason, because at some point you just have to involve other people. But yeah, I love I love working out of this little space. Okay, I am super excited that we've gotten to this question. I hope you are too. The cover of Don't You Forget About Me is, again, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. I already disclosed yesterday's story is, but this could very well be it. I was playing this song in the car with my wife and Daniela, we were about four seconds in, if that, and she said, oh, this is great. I mean, she turned and looked at me like this kind of real jerky um, to the side, just, whoa, this is this is cool. And uh, it uh, has a very, your version has a real transcendent feel to it. There's um, a lot of experimentation. It, it kind of sounds like when you're in the studio there, you had the mindset of let's have fun with this and let's just try some different things here. Let's make it make it your own. It's very ambient in the beginning. I like the soft percussion. Yeah, how did this song come together? Was this a personal favorite of yours? <laughs> so this was like a, such a happy accident. I actually can't take credit for the production though. It was another friend of mine named Christopher, Christopher Thomas. And he's someone I met through, I don't even remember where, but um, a local musician. And he had me in mind. He was, he kind of just created this, the track and he needed vocals for it. And he sent it over to me. And I had a similar knee jerk reaction of, in a positive way of, wow, this sounds really cool. And I've always liked this song. Um, it's, I don't know if you know the movie, The Breakfast Club, but it's like, the yeah. lead track and so I, I've known it for a while and like it just was such a cool spin on it and I was like yeah I definitely want to do vocals on this and I really like how he blended the kind of acoustic instruments but it still sounds super modern and like electronic and like kind of psychedelic at times right so I was all about it and I just was trying to figure out a way to make it kind of like keep the the cool energy of it and so I did a lot of like vocal stacks, layers all over the place, especially in the chorus. And I don't know if you heard it, but it's like in the background vocals of the chorus, there's kind of like these vocals that are just saying don't in the background. It's like a texture in a way. Yes. Um, yeah, I really wanted to make the chorus sound a little different. So I kind of like it's a slower, we slowed the song down. So I, I wanted to make sure the energy was still fun. And so I, I added those extra layers in the chorus, which I think like just kind of doubled down on the whole psychedelic ambient vibe. Yeah. And I think it really, it finishes very strong with the la, 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 la. It's with the drums kick in and it just kind of locks you in for the rest of the ride. This is another repeat track, I think. Yeah, this is this was a really fun one to release, and it was actually a really successful release. And I think like it was fun for me because usually I'm releasing and seeing people react to my songs, and this was like it's obviously a song almost everyone knows, 
So it was more like they were reacting to our version of the song, which was super fun. And like, I think people gravitated towards it immediately because they already knew the song and that's, that helps. Now, when you perform live, like, like you did yesterday, as we're recording this, what are some other songs that you like to play that are, that are not originals? Do you have some that you really enjoy and they really go over well and maybe you're not going to record them, but maybe so. Do you have uh, any songs that you, you just love to play? Yeah, I kind of am all over the place. I try to make my live set a little bit, have variety, you know, slow songs, upbeat songs. I Currently, mostly, it's just an acoustic set with me and a piano player. So we try to, like, do interesting stuff if we can, just the two of us. Um, but, like, one I've been singing recently that's been really fun is the song Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. That one's been really fun. I recently added the Billie Eilish song, What Was I Made For, to my set, which is from the Barbie movie. So kind of average and continuing to add. I mean, there's always like Taylor Swift songs. She's still a huge inspiration. I try to like add like songs that I like, artists that I like, and but also popular songs because, you know, having people know the songs <laughs> is, is always exciting. And uh, while we were talking about Embers and then the cover of Don't You Forget About Me, I did mean to mention Vince Magazine described Embers as the perfect blending point between emotional and infectious, a vibrant melting pot of understated drums, which I really like. That's my commentary. Heartwarming synths and divine backing vocals. Her irresistible melody lines work hand in glove with her heartfelt lyricism. And then the reimagined modern and edgy cover of Don't You Forget About Me, where she brings a surprising new wave cinematic twist and her classically angelic vocals. There's a descriptor I, I didn't use, but angelic. That's lofty praise, and I can't disagree with it. I would put, you know, your style is in that realm. It's just, you know, you go back to, like we were talking about the new single, Wait, it's at times very reassuring, I think, for a listener, for someone that's that needs to hear something like that. But you surprise people, I think, at the more they listen to your music, where you take them to different ends of the spectrum. Thanks. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun for me, too, to see the like sometimes I'm so focused on like the one song I'm working on that day. But when I reflect back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> And it's fun to push. It's also fun to push myself. I think it would be super boring if I was just doing the same thing all the time. <laughs> I can't wait to see the evolution of your sound because I'm a fan now. Uh, I really like what you're doing, and I'll continue to follow it as well. I've got a few just general questions for fun. I always like to plug in some here at the end. Sure. We mentioned some of your influences. Do you have some artists right now that you like? And it could be some that are right now, as well as some that you've been listening to for 10 or more years and just love everything they do. Yeah, of course. Um, well, Taylor Swift is definitely up there and that I've been following her 10 plus years, Mark, <laughs> um, especially for the songwriting inspiration, because she's just a wizard. So I'm always listening to her. And then there's another artist that I really love that I've liked for a long time. He's more of a DJ producer, kind of in the EDM realm. Um, but he has a new album out called Existential Dance Music. And 
highly recommend checking his his music out. It's super calming. I mean, there's some upbeat stuff in there too, but it's really nice to listen to. And are you a fan of films, documentaries? Is there stuff that where you say, okay, it's 1045 at night. I got to go to bed in about 20 minutes. I got to stop. <laughs> I got to watch something for me. I got to have some me time. Is there something that you're watching or digging right now? Yeah, there's this show that me and my partner are watching called The Fall right now. It's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. But it's not like the best show to watch at night because it's like a murder mystery type thing. <laughs> but it's interesting because we went to Ireland last year and it takes place in Belfast. And so when we came back, we're like, oh, let's try to watch something that's like on Irish TV. But it's, yeah, it's one of those kind of thrillery type things. And and we've been having a, a blast watching that in the evenings. And in the in San Francisco in the Bay Area, do you have places like if if someone hasn't been there, I haven't been there in a long time, but I have been to San Francisco. Places that you really like or a plug for a restaurant or something that you recommend? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'm a total foodie, but I like really have trouble with favorites. Well, I'm in the East Bay in Hayward and I recently moved here, but there's a lot of really good Mexican food in Hayward. So even just down the street, I honestly go to the Mexican grocery store and just get burrito there because they have a taqueria in there. It's called Chavez. And that's like one of my favorite spots to go to. Nice. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of good food all over the Bay Area. It just kind of depends on on what you want and where, I would say, where you are. Okay. You'll have to forgive me on this question because I haven't pulled this one out of the bag in a few months. If you want to take a pass on it, that's okay. But if you could be a bird or a fish for just one day and you know there's a there's a chance there's some danger there of you choose one and something catches you something eats you and that that's it um what which one would you go with hmm i think i would go with a bird which is weird because i'm i am kind of a water person but i think i just want to fly so i would go with a bird yeah i have dreams about flying those are some of the most fun <laughs> I don't know. I, I have them, I wouldn't say regularly, but when they happen, I'm like, oh, this is great. Do you ever have dreams yeah. where you think, oh, this is everyone who dreams. Sometimes you have boring dreams or dreams that make absolutely no sense. And then you have the ones that are not a lot of fun for whatever reason. But the flight dreams, I'm just, when it happens, I vividly check into it and think, oh, wow, here we go. I've been waiting to have this dream again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes I have those dreams and then I wake up and then I know I'm dreaming, but I just go back to dreaming anyways because I'm like, I want to go back to flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so much fun and I'm just so excited to promote you, your music, your catalog. I just realized we didn't cover Sirens, the uh, collaboration that you did with Arlen's. I mean, that one's definitely a fun one. That was actually my first single. And it was really fun to do that with someone else because I was still figuring everything out at the time. But he basically sent me the track without any lyrics or vocals or anything. It was just the the production. And then I basically wrote the vocal, like the, the whole top line and sang it. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit, but 
it was really cool. It was one of my first times doing that where someone kind of sent me a track and then I just figured out what the lyrics were going to be. And I had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, I'm into a lot of electronic music. And so it was cool to have a producer who actually knew how to make that because I don't really know how to make that kind of music. Um, and then just kind of try to write something that made sense to the music that was already existing. Well, that that's one that uh, I think it was one of the first songs I listened to. And everyone listening here, we're promoting Wait. Please try that one out. I think you're going to like everything. You really could just pick one. And even if you're listening to my show and you're just some hardened dude that likes Dan time and you've got, you know, whatever music that's that you're not going to break from, you've got your partner, you've got somebody in your family, somebody you work with, I want you to tell them about Daniela Galasso. And I really, but I really do try to open up people's minds and show to them that what's being presented to you, what's coming across your peripheral, it's not everything. There's stuff out there that you'll be surprised how much it speaks to you and how much you want to put it on repeat. Mm-hmm. Also want to put in a plug here. Daniela has appeared on the podcast Right on Track, a songwriting podcast on the June 12th, 2022 episode, Cultivating the Artist Voice. Give that one a listen. And Daniela's music is available on all platforms. And please visit her website as well. Sign up for her newsletter. Follow her on the socials. If they're on Instagram and YouTube, how do they find you? Yeah, so my Instagram is just sounds like Danny, and that's D-A-N-I. And then um, otherwise, pretty much everything else is under my full name. So Daniela Golasso, one L and both um, names. And that's how you can find my music or my YouTube channel. Well, this has been so much fun. I, I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. And remember, everybody, if you go go out to Danny's website, the new EP is exploring the idea of beauty and vulnerability. And that's, be, that's for everybody. There's some people who do not like to embrace those feelings and allow themselves to be vulnerable. But I'm telling you, it's one of the better things you can do really at any point in your life. And tap in to the Daniela Colosso sound and follow her on socials. Anything else you want to plug before we wrap it up here? No, I think we covered a lot. Um, it was so great chatting with you, and I look forward to seeing who else you bring on to the show. Absolutely. And if I ask this question, it means that I really, I think that there's some value here in bringing you back. Would you, this time next year, come back to the Dan Time Podcast to talk about what you're working on at that time. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. All right, folks. Well, have a great rest of the week. Make sure to check into your well-being, your mental health. If you need help, it's out there. I'm only putting that plug in because, and I don't ever talk about this, but I've had somebody reach out to me in the past week who's really struggling, and it's it's a little bit over my head. And if you've got somebody like that, or if if you're going through some stuff, there are resources for you out there. But 
check out Danielle Colasso and enlighten yourself. And if you're looking for a vocal producer or songwriter, please contact Daniela on that end, on that end as well. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Dan Time Podcast. Thank you so much, Daniela. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait.